Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here and for listening once again, or for the first time, I don't know, but whatever your story, I'm glad you're here. And I hope that this show can give you something that you need to make your life a little easier. That's a message I get a lot that so many people are going through really tough times and that this show helps provide a little guidance and compassion. And for that, I'm extremely grateful that you allow me to be part of your life, even in the hard times, and that together, we're bringing you a little more love and compassion and grace. So for real, thanks for listening and for allowing me space in your world. Today, we're talking about something so cool, and I I knew almost nothing about it before I talked to the expert, Stacey Geisel. It's human design. And if you're not sure what that is, no worries, because Stacey makes it really understandable and accessible. Human design is basically a method of understanding yourself a little better, what motivates you on a core level, and how to connect with your authentic self. It's a method to understand your archetype. Are you a generator, a reflector? There are a couple different ones, and then there are combinations. It's so interesting, and it will really give you some insight into yourself. We also talk about a concept called white space, which is the open places in our consciousness that get filled with stories and expectation and ideas, even when we don't realize it. She shares techniques for recognizing what's filling your personal white space and how to replace it, if needed, with beliefs that are true for you and add positively to your life rather than distracting you from who you want to be. She phrases it much more elegantly than that, but but it's really cool, I promise. Anyway, I'm sure I'm not explaining it perfectly, but I don't have to because Stacy will. A little bit about Stacy. She is a human design master and spiritual mentor. She is the owner of Evolve Beyond Limits, specializing in helping women activate their divine blueprint and step into a life of freedom, liberation, and inner peace through her soul mastery method. She's combined the use of human design, shamanism, tantra, Ayurveda, and the chakra system to activate your dormant DNA and begin living a life that sets your soul on fire. She uses her knowledge and her years of study in these areas to assist her clients and you today in making the internal changes necessary to reconnect to who they truly are, rekindle their enthusiasm for life, and lead them down a transformational path of self-mastery and personal growth. She has some freebies for you too, so stay tuned to get those, and be sure to check the show notes for links to get your own free human design workbook and to connect with Stacy. She did a mini reading for me, and it was enlightening, to say the least. Okay, here's our conversation. Enjoy. Good morning, Stacy. Thank you for being on the show today. How are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. We've had to reschedule this a couple of times and it is like divine timing has worked in our favor this time around. And I just am so excited to be here with you and your audience today, Sarah. I am so excited because as discussed, I am fully expected to have my mind blown today with as much as I'm going to learn because today we are talking about human design, which is something I'm only ever so vaguely familiar with, but have been curious about for years. And you're going to teach us all about it. I'm, I'm so excited. So let's, I think let's just jump to it. What do you think? Let's just do it. I think it's perfect. So much pressure now. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You're the ultimate expert. You must know everything. (laughs) All right. I will give you what I have. All right. First question, and I'm just going to start with something real small. Stacy, what is human design? I love this question. Human design is essentially it's your 
divine blueprint. It is who you were born to be. So it takes a, it takes all these different, um, like modern science and ancient wisdom. So it combines like quantum physics with the chakra system, with I Ching, with, um, um, all of these other things that are just kind of like the, oh, the Kabbalah, like the Kabbalistic tree, like it pulls in all these different modalities and it gives you a quite literally a blueprint of who you were born to be. Astrology is part of it. And so it's this, this really amazing system that kind of brings you back to remembering who you are, who you were meant to be in this lifetime, not who you have, who you have become necessary or like who you thought you had to be in this lifetime. Yeah. I wanted to ask if we're born to be somebody, why aren't we that person? If it seems so easy that we just like be born, oh, I was born to be this person. And then why am I not that person? Yeah. So this is where it's like the nature versus nurture thing, right? So we're, we're born with this beautiful blueprint. And, um, I think about it like this giant puzzle, right? Like, like, God, the divine spirit, like we have this big old puzzle and every single person is this unique puzzle piece. And we wouldn't ever want like two of the same puzzle piece or the puzzle doesn't work. Right. So we're all meant to like interlock together, work with one another, challenge each other in different ways so that we can rise and we can grow and we can evolve. And then we are born. We forget all of this. And then we... <laughs> just start to live. And for the first seven years of our life, we are literally just sponges. So we're going to take on the beliefs, the thought patterns, the conditioning, all of the things that are, that our parents are teaching us, that our schools are teaching us, our religion is teaching us, like all these things were just like these, these sponges. So we go through and we just absorb, and then we start to, in our mind, and as like, as you know, and I'm sure you've talked about in the past, like we've got different ages at which certain chakras become like activated. And we're learning a lot about these different things. We start to become around the ages of like eight to 10 is when we start to shift from who we truly are into who we think we need to be, who we think we need to be, to be accepted, to be loved, to be like all the things that we just deeply, like our soul deeply desires to feel. And so, um, you know, I always talk about the fact that persona is the, is Latin for mask. So we start to put these masks on, which develop our personality. And a lot of times it's not really who we are. It's who we have, we have decided is if we're going to be successful, then you have to be professional. You have to get all A's. You have to be a high achiever. You have to be independent. Like we start to put on all of these different masks and it's like, and then we get to a certain age and we're like, uh-oh, <laughs> this doesn't this doesn't feel good, right? Like all of this that we have created and solidified, it's like our soul, the way that I like to describe it is like, it's like our soul is underneath like all of these cinder blocks. It's just being crushed by, by all of these personalities that we've created, all of these facades. We've, we've traveled the path that we, we thought we were supposed to travel, because everybody told us that that's what success is. That's what, that's what we're meant to do. Mm -hmm. And then we wake up and we're like, hold on. If this is how, like, this can't be what life is because like, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> and so, well, yeah, and go I ahead. I think you were saying like the puzzle, I think part of like a society or a culture's job these days, unfortunately, is to make each puzzle piece look identical so that we have a stack of identical puzzle pieces rather than this beautiful, completed, massive, uh, beautiful humanity with all of its weird shapes and sizes and, but that's sort of not the goal of like organizations, right? An organization is designed to make a bunch of matching pieces, right? So now we look like a can of Pringles instead of a puzzle. And I think my metaphors got a little mixed up there, but like, that's what I was thinking. I was like, well, you know, a school educates you but it educates us all identically and so we struggle to find our unique shape in if you will yeah I couldn't agree with you more I, I actually loved your analogy like going from a puzzle to a stack of Pringles like that I can see so perfectly in my head and that is the problem and so it's really interesting about human design is 
the reason that human design was created and channeled um, in 1987 was actually like the the overarching purpose is um, to help parents understand their children. So everybody wants a, a blueprint of their child. Like everybody says that. And what they don't realize is that there is one, right? And so if we could go and like the whole essence of this is that if you could look at your, your child's chart and all of this and be like, wow, okay, this is how they're meant to go through the world. This is how they're meant to function. You can help support them in becoming the very best version of them, not a duplicated version of you or a duplicated version of somebody else or like what, what you think they need to be. And so it's this, it's this gift, you know? And so what, what, what normally happens is that we, we gather all these stories as we're growing up and we solidify them. And then at some point, if we're lucky, we are going to be like, we're going to, we're going to be like, oh, that doesn't fit me. Like, that's not actually who I am. Or you're going to come across human design and be like, oh, this is why life feels so hard. Right. And then we have to undo all of this all of these kind of stories that we've created, all of these thought patterns, these behavior patterns that we have created to become, to come back to who we were meant to be in the first place. Like restoring an old, beautiful building, right? You have a building that was built and it was beautiful and it was perfect exactly the way it was. And then over the years, you start patching it up or repairing it or making additions or covering up you know, beautiful wood floors or exposed brick or all of those amazing things that made that building perfect and unique. And then somebody comes along and restores it back to its original splendor. And we say, oh, that's what it was supposed to be. No wonder it felt so weird in here. No, oh, I love, I literally got chills while you were saying that. Um, it's a beautiful analogy. And I think it, it comes down to the facts we try to, we try to fix something that was never broken. Mm. Oh, I think that's also really important. You were perfect. You didn't need wallpaper. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we put it on. But we put it and on anyway, because we... it was the fad, it was the style and, and that's great. But now it, maybe it's time to take the wallpaper down and see what was originally there, what was supposed to be there in the first place. Okay, so human yeah. design is is a blueprint, is is a way for us to return home to ourselves. It's not about uh, changing ourselves. It's actually about finding ourselves. And it's a tool that we can use, to sort of guide ourselves back to ourselves. That's yeah, it's like this 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 tool that we can use to come back to our soul essence. Like who were we before we were told who to be? And I think that that's like the the really and it's funny that you even brought up the school system because this past weekend I was in a car with a car with a car full of teachers and we were talking about this essence and about human design and they're like why do we not know this? Like it would be so helpful to know that, you know, there's so much of the population um that's not actually meant for like the, the long school system that like the type of school system that we have and like how we learn and all these different things. And like, oh, this is so fascinating. And then I had another person there like talking about their daughter and like the contention that they're having as she's a teenager, but it was like, their designs are so completely different that it's hard to have compassion or empathy or, um, or any of that when you're like, what is wrong with you? And it's like, there's actually not something wrong with her. It's that she's being taught, like she is required to live in a world that doesn't fit who she is. And of course, that's going to cause a lot of turmoil in relationships in you know, all the different things. Yeah. So I imagine that not outside of education, but like what you were saying, it was for children, but this gives us a way not to just understand ourselves, but to open ourselves up to that compassion for people who aren't designed the way we are. I always, <laughs> always think about like trees. We're never mad at an oak tree for not being a maple. <laughs> like nobody's ever like, I can't believe that that willow tree isn't a pine tree. Gosh, what's the matter with it? Right. We're perfectly <laughs> willing to accept that a strawberry plant will grow strawberries and not blueberries. And, mm. but when we look at people, all of a sudden, it's like, why aren't you behaving in a way that's logical to me? Yes. And this is, this is actually where I think the biggest ripple can happen with human design is that we start to understand 
we have to start with us, right? You have to have this gather this information and this awareness about yourself. And it's so powerful because I think it's easy to go around the world or like in our life and we we're the main character of our own life. Right. So it's like, and then it's like, man, if everybody was just a little more like me, people wouldn't be so annoying. <laughs> that, is, that is so true. You know what? When I'm out, if everybody would just drive the way I drive, it would be perfect. And we wouldn't have traffic. Yes, exactly. Like all the world's problems would be solved if they would just act a little more like I'm acting right now. And (laughs) yeah. And so, but it's this, this, this beautiful thing when we open up and we're like, oh, you know, it's, it's funny because I work a lot. I've worked with couples. I've worked with teams like families. And it's so fun when we start to see people for who, like for like their gifts rather than like seeing them for the things that they're not living up to or the ways that they're not the same as us. Like even in my own personal relationship with my husband, human design has completely shifted my, the lens through which I see him because things that used to drive me a little bonkers, quite honestly. Um, I now am like, Oh my gosh, like it's one of his gifts. Like it's one of his superpowers. And it's actually something that I could learn from if I can get out of my own way and quit thinking that he needs to be more like me. Yeah. Uh, That's a really, really important mental shift, isn't it? I'm like life-changing. So how many different types of design are they? Because I'm imagining these are sort of like archetypes, but each one has its own like unique flavor. So is that, am I totally off base there? No, you are correct in the fact that there's five different types in human design. So there's manifesting generators, generators, um, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. So we're not even going to go into that, quite frankly, because it gets it gets way too down a rabbit hole. And like, it's just, this is what, when I, when I work with people, this is what we do. We have a gift for you at the end that will help you with it. <laughs> but it's like... Yeah. It's like, it like we could go all over the place, but the thing, and this is what's so amazing about human design is that it is such a complex system. So that's like the main five types, but then there's like, you're going to bring in profile lines. That's going to show you how you learn, how I just did a whole series on this on Instagram, if you want to check it out, but like how you learn, how you interact in relationships, what your life path is all about. And then we bring in even more, we bring in like our planetary activations where it's like things that we're radiating out to into the world all the time that people can learn from us. And then there's all the empty space or the white space in your chart, which is not just because it's not colored in doesn't mean that it's not you. It means that that's where you kind of take on other, you can learn from other people and you get to fill it with whatever you want. So it's kind of just like this playground of unlimited potential. Um, and then there's, so there's so many different, there's so many different facets. And the thing that I tend to see people, the biggest mistake, like, let's just talk about this, that I see people make is they go down the rabbit hole and they are collecting information and they're like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. This sounds like me. Um, but they're not actually implementing it or integrating it into their life. And that's where the magic happens. So you could know all the things and pull all these different pieces together, but like, it's not where the magic happens. So my, my invitation to everybody who's listening is to go one step at a time and not try to dive into the whole system and learn everything there is to know right away. They actually say it takes up to seven years to fully integrate your human design because there's so much. And that's when we do a full cellular restructure every seven years. So like we need it to be, we need, we need to go into it, understanding that not everything's going to change overnight and it doesn't need to, that's not the point. Let's talk for a second about something that really struck me, this white space, because Mm. that sounds like the kind of space that's being filled up by what we were talking about earlier, by society's plans, by uh, our parents' ideas, by any religion that we might've been brought up in. If it's already full up of those things, what do we do? (laughs) So this is, this is um, where it gets really fun. Okay. Because yes, you are a hundred percent correct. You hit the nail on the head with the fact that all the white space in your chart, and this is what I'm so obsessed with about human design is I, 
it's, it's fluid. It actually is fluid. It's not like, here's your chart. This is who you are. Nothing ever changes because while like all the colored in space, all the defined space, as we would call it, is what you're radiating out into the world. But even in the defined space, there's a low, there's like a low vibration that you can be operating at or a high vibration. So there's a duality to everything in the defined space, right? So you're either like, you're writing permission slips wherever you go. And you're either writing permission slips for people to be very empowered and inspired and like move forward and learn from you. Or you're writing permission slips for people to, it's almost destructive. It's destructive to you and destructive to the people around you. So that's the defined space. Then we get into the open space. And you're right, is that anything that is white space in your chart is open to be taken on from other people's energies. And our ego hates the unknown. <laughs> it does not like white space. And so what your ego does, and it's not bad, it's just part of the process, is what it does as we're growing up in different things is it's going to fill that white space with something. And most, like a lot of the times, they're things that don't serve you. So it is these things that you're kind of learning from other people and it's just shoving them in there. But the white space in your chart is so fun because you can think about it like a bucket, like it's an empty bucket. And so you get to fill it with whatever you want. However, if you want to fill it with something, you're going to have to empty the bucket first, right? Or else we're just kind of like swirling these things. So the white space is this opportunity. And that's actually where we bring in a lot of the, in the, in the soul mastery method that I use, we bring in a lot of the chakra stuff because it's like going through and you get to help understand where you're conditioned to, to like where your conditioning is, where your stories are, like, where are all the things that are holding you back from being unlimited to, for being like, that are stopping you from truly embodying your soul essence. Um, where is that? And then how do we start to move through that? So this kind of gives us a plan for cleaning house so we can really sort through that bucket. We can sort through that garage full of stuff. We don't even know what is. I mean, I, I find that all the time. I'll, I'll work with myself, work with clients. We'll be going along and people will say, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I believed that. And I don't, mm. I don't even think that's true. So people are carrying, you know, conflicting ideas, what I guess would be in the white space. And by exploring it through human design, we, we clean it out. We're like, oh, I actually don't, I don't want that anymore. That was great when I was five, but it's not so great now. And I'll just, it, it can go, it can go. And I will, you, you have the opportunity to intentionally select something and put it into the white space. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's exactly right. So you become aware of what is what's in there and then you're able to say, you know what, that one's not serving me any longer. And you get really honest and real with yourself, like that story or that belief or that behavior pattern or whatever it is is not serving me any longer. So we're going to take that out and we're going to fill it with something different. And in five years, five months, whatever, you may need to take that one out and fill it with something different, right? Like as you learn more and you start to come back to the person that you, you desire to be in your life, you get to keep reframing those things. You get to keep filling those buckets with whatever feels like... I was talking about refinement, right? Like it's like, it's this ability to say, I love where I'm at and, and I am going to like, how does this get even better? And yeah. so how do you keep doing, you know? And so that's what I mean by human design is not a fixed system. It's so fluid because we just keep refining like, okay, this feels really good. And how does it get even better? Because like we are truly limitless. The life that we get to live is limitless. And so it can always become, feel even, it just feels better and better and better. We just have to make that decision. That's really cool. I I love, that feels hopeful to me because I think sometimes we can get very caught in hopelessness in sort of a, well, I guess that's just the way this is, or even that's just the way I am. Right. And we, mm -hmm. we 
forget how much our like operant conditioning has to do with who we think we are. And this sounds like a way to get away from who we think we are to who we actually are and not just are now, but can be in the future if that's something we wanna do. Um, I wanna go, go back to what you were talking about earlier. I know you use a method called the soul mastery method and it incorporates some chakra work. So obviously that's my jam. So <laughs> can we talk about that? That's why we get second? along. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. um, can we just talk mm -hmm. about that for a second? I'd love to know a little bit more about that. Yeah. So the soul mastery method is something that, you know, I have spent years, I, I started out in nursing. And so like, I have this like, and what I always loved, even though that was not my life path, what I loved about nursing was the, the connecting of the dots, right? Like, I'm like, oh, this is so fun. Like we're having this symptom and this one. And like, how do they all work together? And like, what? it was just mind blowing to me. So I learned a lot about the physical body in that part of my career. And then as I've, as I've continued to go down the path that I'm on, it's like, now I look at everything from a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual like realm. So I'm like looking at all four bodies all the time. And I have the soul mastery method is essentially this, this path to guiding you to freedom, liberation, and inner peace, which is what I think all of us truly oh, desire at our core, <laughs> right? That's like what we want. But I've pulled in all these different these different ancient wisdoms and modalities. Like, yes, there's science involved, but there's also um, the chakra system. There's Ayurveda. There is my nursing background. There's Tantra. There's like all of these beautiful things. Like that's that's my, you know, that's my gift is that I see things from so many different lenses and then the dots just like connect and I'm able to see you as just this whole being and use these different tools to kind of release what needs to be released so that we can activate this dormant DNA. That's just like, it's literally just waiting to be unlocked. <laughs> right. And so that's how we do it. Oh, that's so really cool. Um, I'm going to ask a question and you let me know if this is a dumb question, but Never. do the, do the five design types correlate to like each individual chakra? Because Sometimes that happens. Other times it's more of like a holistic thing. Is it is it systems that like lay on top of each other or is it more systems that sort of integrate in a different way? Yes, I love this question actually. So I would say they're more, it's more of a system that integrates all of it, which is probably why I love it, right? Because I'm like, ooh, like I just love to like pull the pieces in. Um, the types don't necessarily go with with each chakra, but what what we have is in human design, you will see if you look at your chart, you can go to the website and pull up a free chart. You'll see that there's nine centers within human design. And those nine centers are those are actually more correlated to the chakra system. So not not perfectly, but they are they're very correlated to the, there's like there's a root center and there's an ajna center and there is a sacral center and so there are um there's these centers that kind of that's where a lot of the alignment with the chakra system comes in is through the centers in human design fascinating and i do think it is so interesting how a lot of these systems do work together right like it's that old saying about there are many paths up the mountain, but we all get to the top. Um, yes. And, and so I love that this is another path that is open to us, but that it also brings in the other things so we can like understand ourselves in different ways. I think that's uh, super cool. Um, so how do we, how do we use when we learn about ourselves and we learn about our design how do we then use that information? You said like we can learn and we can learn and we can learn, but until we implement, we don't get sort of the transformative life-changing benefits of human design. But I mean, how do we even do that? Mm. So, you know, I just want to share this because this actually was brought up to me and I, I've, I have, I've said this for a while. We tend to live in a very, like, a cerebral space, meaning that we, uh, we've gone from being very unaware <laughs> creatures, I think. And now there's been this shift to mindset, right? 
mindset is everything. Well, it's not, it's part of the, it's part of it. And my challenge to that is we've got to go deeper. It's, it's needs to be like a full body thing, not simply, um, a brain thing. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine the other day, and she was mentioning how the vagus nerve, which is the nerve that pretty much runs like all the way down, you know, through our body connects to our brain stem. She was saying that when information comes in through the brain, Okay. So, um, you're learning through podcasts, like listening to this, you're, you're reading books, you're doing all these different things. It comes in through the brain and it is like 20% of what comes in flows down the vagus nerve into your body. Okay. I have a point to this. So, however, <laughs> I believe what... you and I trust you fully. I am on this <laughs> vagus nerve journey with you. I can't, wait. I love this. So However, when you become, when you start to embody and use, use your physical body to, um, take action to, this is where like somatic breath work and energy work and all these different things start to happen, um, which are like different modalities that, that we use and that are so powerful is because we're actually, we're working with the, with the body, not with the brain and 80% of what you take in through your body travels up to shift, travels up the vagus nerve to shift your brain. So think about that. So it's like four times the amount that we do physically, like on our physical body, working with our emotions, working with our energetics, working with our, you know, all the things is like trans it's it's just more efficient <laughs> here it is there's always a moment where i'm just like my mind is melting and this is it right here because when you said mindset isn't everything it, i thought that is that is a life changing phrase right there because yeah we are big like you just have to have a positive mindset you need an abundance mindset but Every spiritual leader from the dawn of time essentially has said we you, that it's an experiential process, which is why you can learn about meditation. You can read and have every bit of information there is to know about meditation, but until you do it, until you experience it, you don't get the enlightenment, the liberation, the freedom, the the, the the spiritual expansion that I think we're after. And so we need to be taking in information through our bodies, through the somatic breath work, through all of these other modalities, because that is actually how the mindset shift happens that allows us to use these tools to change our lives. Did I just, did I just solve all of the world's problems? We just solved all of the world's problems. And here's the thing is that it's like, when you take in information through your brain, it's not like it's doing nothing, right? Like it is still shifting things. And it's not even that, but here, like from my personal experience is that you can think all the right things. However, your body is vibrating at a certain frequency. Your body is, it has a baseline. And for most people, their body is at this baseline of like stress. It's like, we're always in fight or flight. We're always in this state of like anxiety and all these things, like really stuck in the root chakra, right? It's like, we're so in our body and these things feel so real that we can't go anywhere else. We can't find these, like, like what people say when we say inner peace, like that's not even possible is what I think a lot of people would say, because it's like their, their body is like vibrating at this, like the baseline is so high right on the, and so what we have to do. And for me personally, it was like, I did so much work on my mind and I could think all the best things. And I could sit there and say, this is all happening for me. I'm okay. Like I knew all the right things to say, right. Because of my mind. <laughs> yes. And it's not until we shift how our body is responding to 
to the like life and to things that are going on around us, that is where true peace comes from. I, I just posted something about this. When, when, when your peace comes from within you and not from outside of you, that is when you can truly have inner peace, but it, but our body doesn't even know what it feels like. Like we have lost that. So we've been in this heightened state for so long that our body, it literally doesn't even know what it feels like to not be anxious, what it feels like to be in a state of calm. Like we might get these tiny little, but it's like our goal. And this is where the nervous system regulation comes in. Our goal is we have got to bring that baseline to a place of, to a different place. Right. And, and then once we feel it, we can kind of like keep coming back down. And it's funny because a lot of times when I work with people, a, a word that they'll use is like, their body is so unfamiliar with this feeling that they are, they are, um, just like they're bored and then they try to stir up chaos. Then their body is like, I don't like this. I'm unfamiliar with this feeling. This is boring. And so then you'll actually like feel your body start to like stir up chaos, which will stir up chaos in your mind. And it'll try to bring you back to what it its previous baseline. And we have to learn to like, keep like, it's okay. This is a, this is unfamiliar, but that doesn't make it wrong. Like this is good. hundred percent. And that is, I think, you know, you were talking earlier about like our first seven years being sponges. If you grew up in a chaotic household, chaos feels like home. And it feels like the place that is normal and good and that where you should be, but it's not maybe best for your like optimum mental wellness now um, in your like best emotional state. But yeah, I hear that all the time. People are like, oh, I feel really good. What drama can I create? Right. And it, but yes, it is. It's about adjusting that baseline. And I feel like that's just a, a process, right? That just takes practice and patience and self-compassion and taking the time to learn Um like all of these tools that we're we're talking about now. So Yeah, and I think so much of it too is this intentional discomfort. Like we have to nobody wants to be uncomfortable, right? And so and like but but we most people are, which is kind of funny, but they're they're uncomfortable because they're reacting to the world and it's not it just doesn't it doesn't feel good, right? And so we're resistant to but like I always talk to um when I'm working with clients, again, I'm like, it is not, I can give you all the knowledge in the world. And that is, but that's not where the magic happens. The magic happens when you go and you experience it and you allow yourself to experience something different, like whatever that may be. And so we have to almost place ourselves in intentional discomfort. Like what, how do I make myself uncomfortable? Um, And that could be something as simple as you and your husband fight about the same thing all the time and you go into it and you're like, I'm going intentionally, this is going to be very uncomfortable for me, but I'm not going to react the same way that I'm, that I reacted in the past. I am going to, I'm going to stay calm. I'm not going to yell. And like, obviously those things, like they seem like that's going to feel better. Right. But we're, but we're so wired to do it the other way that it's actually really uncomfortable to sit in that. Or like, you know, if you would normally not speak up, you're going to speak up this time. And every time we do that on the other side is liberation. It's more freedom, but we've got to be willing to do it. It's like, um, it's like people pleasing, right? You're so uncomfortable and so overwhelmed and so burnt out from saying yes all the time, but you keep saying yes because you don't want the kind of uncomfortable it feels to say no. So mm. you have to make the intentional decision to say no. Oh, and then feel all of that discomfort because like you said, on the other side is the peace. It's just, I guess, I guess if you're going to be uncomfortable either way, you might as well be uncomfortable in the way that's going to make your life better. Yes. And that's like, I always joke that like life is going to, I call these the standing in the fire moments, right? Like life is always going to throw you into some sort of fire for your growth, for your evolution. Like something is going to happen. And oftentimes what we do is we wait for life to throw us in to the fire. Like we're like, okay, like, and, and we get hit and we get hit hard because like, there's no other choice. However, if we made 
Um, you know, I was a friend of mine shared this story with me one time and I just it boggled my mind because we all have probably heard about the the story of the phoenix rising from the ashes, right? And like we like we are born again. However, the part of the story that I don't think very many people have an understanding of is that when the phoenix is ready, she sits in her nest, she gathers her herbs, and then she sets her own nest on fire. She, nobody ever asked who set the phoenix on fire, right? She set herself on fire. And that I think is the most profound thing because like, if we let life set us on fire, we will grow. We are going to evolve. It's part of, it's part of why we're here. However, if we set ourselves on fire, if we choose to walk into the fire and create our own discomfort, intentionally becoming uncomfortable, knowing what is on the other side, that is where we start to quantum leap in our life. We're just going to sit with that for a second. Set yourself on fire. Don't let somebody set else your... set you on fire. Don't let life set you on fire. <laughs> Choose your fire. You choose when, you choose what herbs are around you, you choose how to set it, set yourself on fire, and then rise like the phoenix. That's what rise like the phoenix means. Like the phoenix means you you made a choice. You did this intentionally. You chose the path. You chose your heart. You chose your level of discomfort. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. I mean, I think maybe I did. I just don't think about it. Just like, oh, there was a fire. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was funny because through, um, you know, I, I was talking to my husband the other day and he's kind of in his own setting on fire currently. And <laughs> like, which is beautiful. And it's so easy for me from the outside in and going through a lot of this to be there and be a support for him. However, um, I had to share with him like, you know, I don't think I always make it very clear how difficult this path actually is. The path of yeah. self, like self-growth and self-mastery. And like, not that I, it, it's so worth it. Like it's so worth it. And there is, I mean, I think every day I wake up and there was like a long period of time where every day I wake up and I'm like, how uncomfortable can I get today? And holy crap, does it deliver? But the the thing is, like, whatever we ask for, we will receive. Ask and you shall receive. So if you don't like what you're receiving, you better look at what you're asking for because, like, that is that is the case, right? And it's 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 on its way to us. But what I say is, like, when you ask for something, like, you had better buckle up because shit's about to get uncomfortable. Like, it is not going to just. Like, it's not just going to necessarily plop into your lap. Like you have to rise and become the person that can hold whatever it is that you're asking for. And so anything that needs to be stripped away is going to be stripped away. Anything that needs to shift is going to have to shift. And that that's the part that is so, it's not comfortable, but if you can stand in it long enough, if you can stand in the fire long enough, you will rise. But most people don't, they don't stand in the fire long enough. They, they end up, they, they're like, okay, this is too hard. I'm going to try something different just to find themselves in the exact same situation, but they just keep starting over rather than just hold, hold. I know it's uncomfortable and there's beauty on the other side. I promise. <laughs> Stacey, that's, that's so impactful. And I just listening to you right now, I'm thinking of just my own self, my own life, my own experience in the past, but also right now. And I think that was just, that was very, thank you for sharing all of that and for saying all of that in such a clear, direct way. I, this work is life-changing. You're right. And I, I guess we're just all going to have to hold on to it. Just hold on to that discomfort, stay a little bit longer and trust. Right. And I think that's a huge that's a leap of faith and trust is not easy. Um, but I think, you know, with support from people like you, it gets a little bit easier. Yeah. If people I are think looking... that I get, oh, go please. Ahead. I'm sorry. You no, go. go ahead. I was going to say, I think that it's, it's this, 
essence of like, first of all, like I, I am just the messenger and I'm so gr- grateful for the work that I get to do. And I think it's easy to, to actually like not have reverence for the fact that we get to do this work. You don't have to, you don't have to, right? Like I, I that would be, I, part of me wishes everybody had to, but we have free will. So like we get to, and when we do it, you become a beacon of light and a beacon of hope for other people. And the moment that my journey, I think shifted so much was the moment that, um, you know, I did a, a Thomas gall. I don't know if anybody's familiar, but it's a sweat lodge in Costa Rica And, and I literally thought I was going to die. Like, I thought I was going to die. I was like, I like not, not in it go like leading into it. I was like, I'm going to die. I don't know why I have this feeling, but it's like terrible. And this is what it feels like when you are changing, when you are shifting is that a part of you is going to die and your ego is going to be like, it's going to do everything it possibly can to get you out of that situation because it doesn't want to go anywhere. I mean, I, I tried calling people and being like, I'm scared. And they're like, good, have fun. And I'm like, no, like that's someone not, tell me not to go. Right. Like someone tell me not to do this, but something shifted. And that's what Thomas skulls do is you, you leave a part of yourself and then you're reborn and something shifted in there. And what shifted is that it was really, really difficult it was really hard. It's hard to like, it's not super easy to breathe. It gets hotter and hotter and hotter every, like every little bit by the end of it, I was stronger than I had ever been because I stopped. It wasn't about me. Next thing I know, like my sister's spirit was there with me. And I was like, this is bigger than me. Like, and if I can hold on to that, like me having somebody else around and knowing that it was bigger than me gave me so much strength and so much courage. And it was actually ended easier than it began. And my point to saying that is that when we come into our heart, when we've done enough work that we've worked through our, our, like our lower three chakras, and we've also worked on our upper three and we come into our heart space, we stop thinking what's best for me. And we begin to think what's best for all. And that's where this work took a huge shift for me because it was like, I will do just about anything, just about anything. I didn't say anything because I don't know, but just about anything. If I know that it is going to help someone else, that it is going to allow me to rise in this work so that I can impact even more people. Like when you start to hold that, anything is possible. I truly believe that. And I think we can all hold that. I think we can all find that in whatever we do for work, you do human design. I do chakra coaching, but whatever you do in your life, you can do it from that heart space. And from that sense of the vast interconnectedness of humanity and consciousness and sentience and existence and whatever you do, you can do it with a heart that contributes to that, that creates rather than pulls at the fabric of it and starts to unravel it. And I think that is so important. And that is such a shift, right? Of, of finding to live your life from the heart, coming home to your heart. Yeah. And it's, a place that quite frankly, not everybody is probably going to get. And I am a a firm believer that the, you know, if we want to change the world, we have to change the human heart and we have to allow it to open and expand. And it's even in these situations that when I'm talking about standing in the fire, it's not going to feel good to stand in the fire, especially if you're setting a boundary with somebody, especially if you are, you know, again, I can, I bring up my husband a lot. I know he doesn't mind, but there was a time when he was like, working through something. And as human beings, I genuinely believe one of the most difficult things for us to do is watch somebody else struggle. It is so hard. We want to jump in and we want to fix it. Right. And so with my husband, because we've been together so long and he's so close to me, like I, I take on a lot of what he's moving through and 
I want to fix it. And it's the worst thing that I could do, even though like, it's so hard for me to watch him struggle and to watch him work through something. I'm like, I have so many tools and I can give you the tools, but I cannot pull you out of this. Like I can't give you the answers because that is stripping them of their experience. So there's often times that it's, I'm like, what's, it seems like what's best for all is for me to like, to fix it. That's not what's actually best for all. What's best for all is for me to stand in my fire of learning and discomfort while they stand in theirs. And then you can rise together, which is super fun. Yeah. Well, Okay, so back to human design, which I actually feel like has been the undercurrent of all of this, right? Like this is, these are the tools that you use to do what we were talking about, which is burn away the debris in your white space to make room for all of that new growth, right? That's what standing yes. on fire does. It it cleans things out. Fire is, is purifying. That's a yogic concept from long, long ago. Uh, if, if I want to know about my human design, how do I, how do I do that? Yeah. So you can go to the website, which I'm sure we'll link up, but it's evolvebeyondlimits.com. And you can actually pull up a free chart right there. When you pull up that chart, you'll actually get sent like a free ebook that will give you some of the gifts and challenges and like your um, strategy and different things as far as your human, human design goes. So that's the first place to start to even figure out what it is. Um, you can also go to my Instagram. Like I said, I try to put a lot or TikTok, either one. Like um, I try to put out a lot of information so that you can kind of start to gather some of these things. And then it's a matter of, again, implementing it, um, which is something that I want to be able to gift your audience. I have actually created workbooks that go along with every human design type. And within them, you're going to learn about yourself, but there's journaling, there's like, there's um, activation steps, there's all these different things that go in depth and you can start to become more aware of who you are. And you can start to see where you're maybe not in alignment um, and kind of pull that back. And I want to just gift that to each person in your audience. There are five different ones for the five types so that you can start there and you can truly start to, to feel the magic of this system. Um, so we'll put a promo code and the link to grab yours, uh, in the, in the show notes as yeah, well. The show notes. And I'll make sure that hits social and all that. So that's amazing. Thank you for that because I will 100% be interested in that. Um, so thank you for sharing that. I, you, I know you also, I follow you on Instagram and you do put out a lot of really solid content, right? Like there's, a, there's a lot of good videos, a lot. I've just, sometimes, you know, it's, it's a, it's a stop scrolling moment, you know, you're like, oh, look some stuff. So I really do like it. What's, uh, what's your Instagram? So it's at Stacy S-T-A-C-Y underscore Geisel, G-I-S-S-A-L. Perfect. I will also link that in the show notes so that everybody can follow you and they can also learn from you. Well, Stacy, this has been a, a beautiful, amazing conversation. And I appreciate your honesty and your, your vulnerability and your yes expertise, since that was the role I assigned you at the beginning of the conversation. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thank you for allowing me to come and, um, yeah, just be part of your community. And I just appreciate what you're doing so much. And um, yeah, I just am really, really, really grateful to be here and be able to share this message. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.